This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with Jennifer Alvarez, our Digital Media and Marketing Officer, and Kira Archer, our Social Media Analyst, a new position here in Gilbert. And as far as I know, Kira, you are the first government employee dedicated entirely to social media. No pressure. Exactly. (laughs) None at all. Um, And it really does seem like every time we turn around, there's another new platform from a social standpoint that we need to be on. And one day, not long ago, it seemed like it was just Facebook and Twitter. And those were so different. And you were putting different information there. And Twitter was almost just for emergency purposes. And and now everywhere you turn, there's a new channel, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat. And we always are talking about going where our residents are. We have average age um, of 32 um, for our residents here in Gilbert. And so they're on social. And so that's where we need to be. And we do manage more than 25 social channels across the organization, but it's very centralized in our communications department. So I'm so glad that you ladies are here today to talk about how we do that, because I think a lot of other cities would like to be on these different platforms and want to be in some are, but maybe without, not with a formal strategy or a plan. And so I think that people will find what we're doing here really helpful and useful. So let's talk about the platforms that we're on and why we're on them. Yeah, Dana, like you said, our our community is a very young community with 32 years old. So they are on social media. I think back to when I first started about four and a half years ago, you know, we started, that's when we really started with Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And I just saw a recent report that basically said that most local governments are now on those three platforms. And yes, that's where we started. But in those four and a half years, social media has grown and we have grown with it. And so now we are on um, Instagram and using Instagram stories and we're using live video, whether it be with Facebook Live or or uh, Periscope. Um, we just introduced Gilbert's first Snapchat channel, which is really fun. Um, and we're using Nextdoor. So we are literally everywhere our residents are. Um, and that could be, um, you know, we have our main Gilbert channels. Like you said, we have to, uh, more than 25 different accounts. And that could be um, our main Gilbert channel or police and fire or parks and recreation. Um, we have accounts for our mayor and town manager. We have accounts for um, even our municipal court has a Twitter account. So yes, um, we awesome. really, I know it's what really What was their exciting. first tweet that they put? Uh, don't judge us. We're yeah. on Twitter. That's awesome. uh, <laughs> with like the judge with his feet up on the desk cross, like very cool. Yeah. Very fun and casual and just trying to show the fun side of the municipal court. You know, they want to be informative, but they also want to engage with those who um, need their services. So that's really exciting. And I think that we've done a really good job and we've had a lot of help from our town leadership in really putting um, the culture of social media into the organization. And now people do want to be on social media. They don't always understand the amount of work that it takes to, to manage a social account. And Kira, as you've come on board and helped us you know, start to manage these 25 plus social media channels, you kind of probably have a, a better idea now, but um, it really is a 24-7 um, responsibility. You can't just start an account and let it go. You and have to pay attention to it as well. I think that's a huge point to make because government workers, oftentimes it's kind of that clock in, clock out mentality where it's I'll come in my nine to five, I'm going to clock in, sit at my desk, do my job all day. That is not going to work for social. And we've run into that with a few departments here that wanted to have 
social media accounts and then they put an admin in charge of it who was sitting behind a desk and only here during business hours, didn't have a phone issued, you know, that they could use after hours to access accounts and so forth. So this is something to really keep in mind because your residents are going to be asking you questions at 10 o'clock at night or if you have an event over the weekend or something happens in a park, they're going to ask you a question and they're going to expect an answer. Yeah, they actually say about they expect to answer within about 50 minutes to an hour, no longer than that. I mean, obviously, the sooner the better, but um, you really do need to respond as quickly as possible. It, it's been great. I mean, obviously, I've grown up with social media, and it's been an active part of my life most of my life. And so, but you're absolutely right. You have to be able to be available, whether that's at 7 p.m. on a Friday or you know 6 a.m. on a Monday. You you have to be there and you have to be present. And you know, it's okay to have fun and to respond that way, but you just have to be be there. Absolutely. We had an incident when we first got started um, on Facebook, I think, you know, and it was probably almost five years ago. And we had a parent that took their child into our downtown water tower area. And I've told this story before, but it really just sticks out in my mind as the, you know, teaching me, at least the power of the customer care, social care piece of it and the customer service side of it and that people really are going to social media for their complaints or not picking up a phone and calling a number anymore. But we had a dad that took his son to the water tower park. It's our little area in our downtown. And there was a splash pad underneath the water tower and a little grate that must have come out of the ground a bit. And this, his son was barefoot and he got his toe caught um, on the edge of the grate and came on and said, you know, you really need to get someone down there to fix that grate immediately. That's a, that's a real danger to the kids that are there. And we responded instantly and made a call over to our parks and recreation department and they sent someone out right away. So we were able to say, thank you for letting us know. Someone's going out immediately to fix the problem. They sent them out, they went, they fixed it. And then we could get back on again and say, the problem has been fixed again. Thank you so much for letting us know. We apologize. And the dad responded, no problem. Next time I'll be sure my son wears water shoes and took some of the onus on himself. And I think in large part, his change in tone was because he got a response from us, um, from that community. There is someone on the other end of that social media channel. And and that was a real light bulb moment for me to see the power of this investment um, to social and to our community. And I'm really surprised that more cities um, haven't used this um, in a very coordinated method. I think, again, most cities are on these channels, but how they're using them and for what purpose, I think I'm not quite sure um, that they have quite figured out. You know, we, we don't just give everyone a Facebook account because they want one. Um, who's going to run it? What are you going to put there? What's your content going to be? Um, are you going to have someone to keep an eye on it 24-7? So let's talk about how we manage those accounts. So it's centralized here. So we have the oversight, but we are giving social media manager ambassadors um, in other departments the ability to also post and share as well. Yeah. So whenever someone says a uh, department or team comes to us and says, we want a social media account, we say, okay, great. Well, let's meet. Let's talk about this. And um, so we meet with them and kind of get a better understanding of why they want social. Is it just because they know, hear us talking about how powerful it can be um, and how we're reaching residents, um, which is most of the time the case? Uh, they don't always understand that, like I said earlier, the amount of work that goes into managing a social account. So we kind of talk through, you know, why they want the account first and foremost, first and foremost. But then also, you know, the kind of information or uh 
engagement that they expect to have with the community. Um, once we kind of go through that information and tell them like how often, depending on the platform that they want to start on, um, how often they should be posting, uh, I would say about 75% of the time they realize like that's not really, they don't have the manpower at this time to, to manage that. Um, and then we find other avenues of, of sharing that information. But if they do have the, the person dedicated person. Um, we have what we call digital teams here in, the, in our departments that manage social right now. So we have, um, we don't actually manage them with the day-to-day posting for every channel, um, but we help them with strategy and um, tracking analytics and making sure um, if they have big campaigns that we help support those campaigns. Uh, so those but they really, those digital teams have all the content. They have all that information. They know their content best. So we want them to be promoting it and sharing it and engaging um, with the citizens who are engaging with them. So um, we really work with them to make sure that they are successful. Um, And once they have that dedicated team set aside and are ready to go, we give them the training they need. We show them, give them Twitter 101, Facebook 101, um, show them best best practices and and success examples and failure examples, because I think you all have to look at both sides to really understand and see how um, things are done on social media. And oftentimes, a lot of the people who are overseeing social media for these departments may not have the social experience. Um, They may be a novice. They may not even be a personal user of social media. And that's okay. Um, I always say, as long as you're willing to learn social media, as long as you're excited about social media, we can teach you everything you need to know. You know, it's going to take some time. Don't be afraid of it. And don't don't be afraid of it. Exactly. You know, social media is not scary. It's exciting and it's fun. And um, I think one of my favorite uh, examples most recently was the fire department. We just got two new um, public information officers for our, our fire department, and they oversee the social media for. Um, and they and two assistant fire chiefs who are both on Twitter. Yes, by the way. <laughs> yes, that was by far my favorite um, training I've had mm-hmm. yet. But uh, so the two new PIOs they posted this video of um, washing the crew's uniforms off after a fire, um, and they didn't think anything of it. They just were like, "Well, let's just try this," and it went viral. Um, it had over a million has reached over a million people, um, and has been really shared across the world at this point. And um, I got a text message over the weekend, which from them, and I only ever get text messages from them over the weekend if there's an emergency situation. And this was about social media and how that post had gone viral and how um, they felt silly because they were so excited about it. But I think that was the first time that they really saw the power of social media. And these are non-social users. So um, I think to them, that was the light bulb that they needed to now see the opportunity to move forward and the things that people are um, engaging with and how they can continue to inform and right. engage with the community. Well, and most of our police and fire department, they're very tactical. Yes. So they're thinking about everything from a tactical sense, and they're not used to putting themselves in the mindset of our residents or what our residents would want to see, all the great things they do in the community. The content is there always. always. We've never run into a situation. We'll talk a little about um, creating content. But the content is there. All, it is there. There is no doubt. It doesn't matter what you do, what your channel is, what you're doing, but what is it? And like you said, what is going to be the most meaningful and impactful to be engaging your audience? But I think also a lot of times the people that are doing the jobs, whether it's in Parks and Rec or in our public safety departments, they don't see the value that our residents see in the things they do day to day because for them, it's just their job. It's just what I do. Why is anybody interested that the firefighters go grocery shopping and the, what, how they pick out their produce and what they do when they get a call and they have a basket full of groceries, right? 
to them, that's just what they do. That's their life. That's their job. I think that's been one of my favorite parts so far is learning so many different behind the scenes looks at each department because, you know, as a resident, you think you call 911, your firefighter appears and that's it. You don't think of everything that goes into it. So you don't think about firefighters getting hosed off after a fire to help, you know, diminish the co- the risk of cancer. You don't think about those little things. And so those go a long way. And that's why I think that was so popular. It's a human interest story. People appreciate everything that the fire departments do, the police departments do. And to be able, I, I love those moments on social media when people go, it worked, it, it was great, <laughs> you know, but you have that human interest piece that is absolutely crucial. You know, you can put out information and it's important and you should, but th- you have to have those moments that make you relatable. So that way you're not just a person behind a desk. And you mentioned emergency, only hearing from people in emergencies and emergency response. And, you know, we did an entire episode about how we handle crisis communications here and social is a huge part of that. And helping people to understand that our residents are going to Twitter when there's an emergency or to look for information. And it's crucial that we are there giving them that information, that they're getting it from us, the source, and not from a neighbor who says, oh, I think, you know, X, Y, or Z is happening across the street, um, but I'm not really sure. But again, they are coming, they are going to be coming to look for that information on Twitter. And that was something we really had to work with our fire and police departments, especially to get them to understand, because a lot of times when they were using Twitter, especially in the beginning, they were talking to the media and they were forgetting, again, who is your audience? And Jen, you mentioned strategy, and I want to really kind of go back because I know it's easy for us to get way ahead, but let's talk about those basics. And I think it's that content creation and then strategy. Talk about what it is when you are with departments and what the strategy is behind why they're there. So for example, if you don't have a lot of visual elements, it really wouldn't make sense for you to be on Instagram because you really wouldn't have content to be posting. So talk about what that process is of of finding the strategy for whatever that channel might be. Like I know our mayor has one particular purpose and even our town manager does versus a parks and rec department that tends to be you know, more fun and lively. Yeah. So during those meetings, like I said, we kind of walk through the content and the ideas and the type of information they want to promote. Um, and through those conversations, we're really um, deciding which platforms would be effective for them. So like you said, Dana, if they don't have a, a strong visual element, Instagram's not going to be right for them. Even Snapchat's not going to be right for them. Um, if they're really just wanting to um, share information about programs and things like that, um, while we don't like them to just push information, like Kira said, we want them to also engage um, and have that human side of the account, uh, you know, you, we would probably move them more towards uh, Facebook or Twitter. And I think with our Parks and Rec Department, um, we uh, we started them off with Facebook and Twitter, and they did want Instagram, but we wanted to make sure that they they fully understood the, the amount of work that went into managing those two major platforms. Um, and I think that... You and know, the amount of work that goes into every single post, exactly. I think is really important because I've noticed a lot of cities that will, at one point in the day, maybe around 11 a.m., all of a sudden they'll start retweeting, you know, 12 different things that they see on Twitter. And it's not with a purpose. There's no, it's just getting the the information that they've probably seen in their feed and sharing it, but there's no purpose behind it. And I feel so proud that almost, I mean, every single thing that we put out on 
all of our 25 plus platforms has a purpose and intent behind it. And that is tied to a strategy. Yeah. And those strategies, I mean, we know that social can be time consuming and we know that these uh, digital teams are doing other jobs beyond just managing the social account. And so we really have worked hard to find tools that help these departments manage their social media effectively. We use Hootsuite for scheduling. Um, We use uh, Canva for imagery so we can create one image. And what is Canva? Canva, sorry. Canva is a uh, graphic design tool. I'm not a graphic designer designer, but this tool makes me feel like I am a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can go in and they have ideas that you can start with and then you just kind of make it your own. And it's um, great for social imagery. We actually use Canva for work because it was so successful for our team. We've now rolled it out across various departments and are encouraging other departments to use Canva because we know that we have one official graphic designer on staff and um, she can't do every graphic that's coming out of our organization. So uh, Canva is a great tool. Canva for work especially is a great tool um, for social media managers because it allows you to um, what they call um, magic resize or abracadabra where you create one image and then you can um, magic resize it to the various uh, different sizes for the different platforms. So, you know, that's which is another, very important. It is very important. Uh, it's not a one size fits all for all the different platforms. Each one has their specific sizes that they prefer that show up that show up best. And we talked about this in a previous episode about video and that, you know, just because you have something that's, you know, a four minute video, you might say, oh, I can't really put that on Instagram. You know, we'll cut a one minute version of something to put it there. And I think that that's really important is to be thinking, not just resizing your images, but thinking about how you use your video and, and in what ways, like when we covered, we talked about how we covered goat yoga using Snapchat, 360 video, and then we cut a package. But again, thinking in the same way about how you can be on various platforms with your same content or how you're going to have to amend that content to fit whatever, whatever platform it might be. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely share um, similar content on all of our platforms, um, but it's not always the same content. So Instagram doesn't allow for longer videos. So like you said, we do cut those smaller packages to to share on that platform and then redirect them um, via the bio link or whatnot to um, the full video if they're interested in watching more. So we do um, work really hard with our teams to make sure that they do customize the content for the platform that they're using. Uh, You know, I think that there's always... um, Kira, we were talking the other day about Parks and Rec, how they haven't really found that value in Twitter yet. Well, there is value in Twitter. They don't use it as often as they use Facebook. And we totally understand Facebook is probably the best platform for them. And even now they're on Instagram and Instagram's very successful for them as well. But there is still a lot of value in Twitter. You know, Twitter is where our residents are going for information all the time, every hour of the day, but it's also where the media is. And so um, reporters are finding out about major events that are going on in our community and reporting on them without us even having to reach out to them. So um, while they- Or send a press release. Or send a press release. I mean, we don't need to send a press release anymore because I can't- can't even count the number of times that story- Stories have come- um, have been made because of the fact that something was posted on social media. Could you imagine sending that many press releases in a day? And and think about in an emergency event. I mean, you literally don't have the time. It's already there. They're, like I said, they're already on Twitter. They're already going to be looking and it's instantaneous. And so again, it's easy. It's easy to be there. Um, I think another really important point we talk about creating content is having a voice behind it. So when you talk about 
your content being different on every platform, it also might sound different depend on who it's, depending on who it's coming from. So Kira, I think, you know, you're a great person to talk about, you know, thinking about putting yourself in the mayor's shoes. What types of things would the mayor be wanting to be say? How would she say it? And so I think that's, that's really interesting. And so again, it's not just something that you can blanket across, you know, every single platform you have or put, post it on one and then retweet it from all of your other accounts. Like it is really important to think about what that voice is and how you want to be perceived and how you want to be connecting with your audience. You're absolutely right. I mean, what you'd put on Mayor's account is not how I'd phrase it for Patrick's account. And, you know, it may not be how the fire would put something out every single channel because they but are. Patrick's They're, our town manager. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but every channel, it is. It's its own separate entity. We don't, you know, it's not one person running the fire and the police. And, you know, we have different people behind all of these accounts. And you're absolutely right. You have to have a voice of authority, but then you also have to have, there's different styles that go along with it. So Parks and Rec might be a little bit more fun and lighthearted and exclamation points, emojis, those type of thing. And we encourage all emojis for all accounts. <laughs> we do. But, um, you know. Did you hear that, everybody? <laughs> emojis. Emojis are good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, versus the, in the town can be more, authoritative, that type of thing. So it just depends on the content as well. I mean, you're not going to put a smiley face if an emergency is going on, but you have that voice that people know to go to when they say, okay, this came from police, this came from whomever. Um, and so... It is. It's really important. Another thing I really want to talk about is social advertising and cost, okay, right? Social media is free, okay? Let's say it again. Social media is free free. And so you have a free outlet to connect with your residents. Why would you not be doing that? When I started here, we were doing annual mailers, which can cost, I've said this in previous episodes, but you could spend on a simple postcard mailer with little to no graphics, with not a lot of color or imagery. You could spend, depending on the size of your community, $30,000, $30 to $40,000. Um, if you actually had a brochure, a pamphlet, something that was even more expensive than that, I mean, you can watch printing costs rise. Social is such a better way, more cost-effective, not to mention the fact that how many of those end up in the garbage can? How many of our residents, how often do you check the mail, right? Think about this. How often do you check the mail? How often do you check your social channels? I mean, it's as simple as that. Where am I? Go where the residents are going to be. So let's talk about social advertising because I think that's another kind of unknown when it comes to government. I, I'm not quite sure that people have tapped in and, and realizing this is literally an ability to reach a large, expanded, extended audience far beyond Gilbert or the town or city that you're in where you could send a mailer and only be reaching the people that live within your boundaries that have an address with, you know, inside your city. I can reach people that in New York are looking, you know, on Facebook and, and seeing the things that we're doing here. That's very powerful. And secondly, the cost, like I said, is pennies to the dollar to be able to reach those. So talk to me about social advertising and how we're using it to reach and, and, and what that reach is looking like. Yeah, I think social advertising is the most underutilized advertising uh, resource in local government and government in general. Um, I was at a conference with a bunch of local government um, colleagues, and there was so much fear related to social advertising. Well, what if my community sees that I'm paying to advertise on social media? Pennies to the dollar. And that's what I said. I said, well, are you sending out brochures? Are you sending out flyers? Are you putting ads in your local newspaper? Well, yeah. 
Social media advertising is no different. Actually, it's better because you're paying pennies to the dollar. Um, a great example is our water conservation team. They were doing uh, movie theater ads, you know, paying thousands of dollars to to show our amazing Gilbert Digital promo videos in the theater, which was great. But they didn't know who they were reaching. They didn't know if people were actually visiting their website because they saw the ad in the theater. Um, so we tested out social ads for them, and it has been a huge success for them. Um, we're literally paying a penny a click. One Amazing. cent a click. And we're able to track how many people are clicking, how many people are seeing those videos, how many people are engaging with that ad. Whereas before, you know, a newspaper ad, a, a movie theater ad, a billboard ad, you have no idea who is seeing that and who is engaging with that ad. So if someone out there right now wants to be doing this, where do they start if they want to start with social ads? Like what, what recommendation would you give to a city that's maybe, you know, on Facebook and has content but isn't using social ads? Where, where's a good place to start? I would say Facebook. Um, you know, there are a lot of avenues, social media advertising avenues. Um, I think Snapchat is an up and coming one with geo filters and major events I think are really successful as well. But um, we've seen a ton of success with Facebook advertising. And now that Facebook advertising ties in with Instagram ads, we're seeing um, very high success with those Instagram ads as well. I mean, Kara, we just ran a couple ads for um, a few things. And I think Instagram beat out our Facebook ads. It was for our podcast. Yeah. And Instagram did almost three times as well as Facebook. So it's knowing why, where your audience is and if they're on Facebook more, if they're on Instagram, if you have both of those platforms and going from there. We just premiered our Digital State of the Town, our fifth annual, the first with our new mayor. And it's a instead of having an annual address where the mayor stands up at a podium, um, we do a video that's a year in review and obviously, again, can be shared without having to come and sit at an event um, with people well beyond Gilbert and Arizona. Very powerful tool, but I loved what we did with social around that event. So t talk to me about, Kira, let's talk about what you did on Instagram. Um, with the, the Obviously, the theme was choose your own adventure. And so we kind of, again, were thoughtful about the content we were creating and the strategy and tying everything back to that theme, creating a hashtag, which was choose Gilbert. Gilbert, um, and for all of our content across all channels and, and engaging our residents that way. But talk about some of the things you did with social and during the event as well. So on Instagram, we had a choose your own Gilbert adventure narrative and you it was for all of our accounts. You started on our main Gilbert account and the whole point was to help Mayor get to the theater in time. And so if you've because read- Because we premiere our video in a local movie theater. Right, too, exactly. So, yeah. And so if you've read the um, choose your own adventure books that we all grew up with as kids- you, you have, you know, turn to page 100 and it gives you one ending or turn to page 75 and it gives you a different one. And so it was in that theme and you started with one account and you clicked it and, you know, it might say today she wants to go for a stroll or she wants to go get a cup of coffee. And so depending on which you which adventure you wanted, you clicked and it took you to our next account. So it might take you to Discover Gilbert. That's uh, our tourism arm. And you know, then you go back to Parks and Rec and you see one of those. And so it was a great way to get all of the accounts involved and have a fun, interactive way versus just posting a picture of, you know, the digital state of the town logo or, you know, just a picture of mayor. It was something that people could play along with and really, really understand everything that Gilbert is and get you in the mindset for that Choose Gilbert narrative that we were pushing. And um, during the event, we did live tweeting. And before it, I, I had a revelation, I said, I don't want to take a picture of the screen. We're going to take a picture from the actual footage and save it. And so that was super great, super easy. You had them saved in your draft. And then when it came up on screen, tweeted it out. And so the stress of, okay, am I going to miss it? Oh no. And what's going to happen? 
was over. And so it was just a matter of keeping up and following along. And and the pre-planning. Yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, pre-planning, I think, is key in social media, being a proactive versus reactive and really, really trying to get ahead of everything. So that way, when you do have those moments where you need to respond, you're there and you're present. Um, but that was that was really great to be able to go along with it and have kind of a stress-free moment during the during the entire event. Yeah, the scheduling of the the live tweets, you know, the the drafts, I think was brilliant. Um, we it, it made it so much easier because live tweeting can be stressful, especially in a situation like that. So that was a great idea. And the choose your own adventure on Instagram was so fun, just a, a great way to engage the community, get them excited for this video, um, for this release um, before it was actually available. And then, you know, they could access the video once it was available. So that was all, I think, a lot of fun. And we had a social interactive board. So up on the screen, as we were asking people ahead of the event, we were promoting for people to use the hashtag choose Gilbert. And as the event, as people were coming in, they could see up on the screen all of their tweets, anything from Instagram, which was really cool. And it kind of pulls all of them together. That's another great way for people. You know, they get so excited when they see their picture or their tweet or their post up on a big screen in a theater. So it's another great way to make your events interactive. Um, So if you're thinking about if you host events or even, you know, make council meetings more interesting. You know, think about how you can create a hashtag and create that excitement and discussion around certain events. And I feel like there's so many different things. There's so many opportunities and so much you can do around events. But those events are really great opportunity to be engaging a new audience and, and asking the residents you already have to participate with you. And I have to say, hashtag choose Gilbert is still trending on on uh, Twitter. So as days later, it's still trending for us. Amazing. Which is exciting. Well, Jen, you're a part of a lot of, you know, government social media groups, and you're the one kind of that really got us kicked off. And and before we had Kira, just obsessed with, you know, how we were going to be on all these channels. And there were a lot of things that we wanted to be doing but couldn't do um, before we had someone solely dedicated. So if you're out there, please don't get overwhelmed and think, oh, I have to be on all these channels, you know, just start somewhere. But again, be thinking about that content and strategy before you do. But what are you hearing when you are, you know, you do these social media chats with, what's the name of the group again? Uh, Government Social Media. Right. And so you do, talk to me about your participation with that group. Yeah. So Government Social Media is, just as it sounds, the group of um, government social media managers. And they could be, you know, not all of them are going to be like here where they're full-time social media managers. Actually, I would probably say none of them are full-time social media managers, um, but they're public information officers who are managing social media accounts for their government agencies. And, you know, we always say that social media, it's constantly changing and it's difficult to stay up to date, especially when it's not your main job. Uh, so this group is uh, great because it really helps uh, the government agencies stay up to date on the latest trends, um, helps us, you know, we're able to share ideas, um, success stories, failure stories, um, and really stay connected across the country, which is exciting. They actually have a government social media conference uh, April that I will be presenting on on social media advertising, actually, and the value, because like I said, I do think it's it's underutilized in government. Um, but they, so we, it, they're, when the one thing that I see quite often is um, the fear of social media. And like you said, Dana, like, I can't be everywhere. Where should I be? Um, But I think uh, as I've had conversations with uh, different colleagues around the country and just just trying to tell them, you know, don't be afraid to be on social media. Don't be afraid to, if a new platform comes out and explore, I think we do a really good job here in Gilbert um, to to get rid of that fear and just to jump when something happens. I think back to, I went to social media marketing world back last April and one of the speakers had talked about, um, you know, if you're not on the platform when it first starts, you're already too late. And 
yes, in government, that's that's like a big no-no, but we do do our due diligence to make sure that that platform is appropriate for our community um, that we're, but we want to be where our residents are. And if that's that new platform is where our residents are, that's where we're going to be then. Um, so in government, this government social media group, we definitely try to um, share ideas, share concepts. We have a bi-weekly chat, um, GSM chat that we um, do do share ideas and concepts and success stories every every week there's or every chat there's a theme um, and so I definitely if you are a government social media uh, manager or even just a social media manager I encourage you to participate because there's a lot of good um, ideas being exchanged in, across the country during those chats so and if you're out there and you're listening I mean I would say like I said start small I have a team of seven people total for communications which is for an entire organization there are 250 50,000 people that live here in Gilbert and we're growing. And so you don't have to have a huge staff. I know I sound, I have a social media person, which is really great, um, but that's the seventh um, person on the staff and we handle everything, our website, graphic design, um, internal and external communications, marketing, public relations, um, like I said, 25 plus social media channels, all video production, short and long form. And so there's a lot that falls underneath us, but this is one way that you can maximize your resources and cut out, you know, large printing budgets and and just reaching your audience and going where they are in a much more affordable and effective way. So we talk about digital government. Obviously, that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast. And social media, I feel like, is something we could talk about in multiple episodes. So um, Kira, you have the coolest job by far of anyone, not just in government, but I'm pretty certain anywhere. I know. Day one, I was playing with spark, uh, with spring the fire dog. I mean, <laughs> what's better than that? <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll definitely have you back because I think we didn't even get to get down into the channels and kind of talking about what the strategy is on each one of them, how to kind of get on Snapchat or, or what to do, how to use Twitter in emergencies. And so I think we could go on and on and on. Um, so will you both join me back again for oh, absolutely. another absolutely. continued social media discussion? And okay. Hashtag perfect. yes. Hashtag yes. <laughs> well, I will look forward to it. And until then, I want to thank you all for listening. Be sure to gauge with us on social media. And if you have questions or comments for us, use the hashtag GovGoneDigital. Also, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think about our podcast. We'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. Yeah.